Jeff Motter. I teach in the Department of Communication, and I also have the opportunity to, to direct an undergraduate student group focused on dialogue, deliberation, and speaking and voice. So that's what Boulder Talks is. When was it founded yeah. and kind of started? Boulder Talks started actually the year that I came, which would have been fall of 2015. And the idea is that uh, we have so many great students who would like to bridge classroom learning and kind of uh, out of class experience. So we do things like train facilitators. We train students as speech coaches uh, and we train students to do things like marketing, social media, really anything related with communication. We hope to give students a venue to kind of practice. Okay, cool. Um, and so part of the reason I brought you in is for this event that you're holding tonight. Um, it's kind of about talking about politics and especially in a polarized day and age as, as today. Um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about um, where the idea of the event came from, who's going to be there, what it's going to be like, all that? Yeah, Buffs Discuss, we are in our third semester of doing, uh, we do two to four uh, current events discussions per semester. Uh, this semester we are doing them in February, March, and April, and it's all current events. And so there is a group of students involved in Boulder Talks who about a week to two weeks before the event, they sit down and decide on what topic they'd like to talk about for that, for that uh, month. And then we sit down and write a uh, facilitation guide for the trained peer facilitators who, uh, who just kind of moderate the discussion. And we sit down and talk about kind of different directions that we could go, kind of questions that we could ask. But really the important part is that this is a conversation for students by students. I'm not even in the room, there's no faculty or staff or anyone who's not a college student isn't in the room and it's just a really great opportunity for for students who are engaged and connected with the world to come and talk with people who disagree with them also just to come and hear what other people have to say and what has been really wonderful is I've heard from so many students who are there for something like extra credit for class who say it's uh, one of the best discussions that they've ever been a part of because nobody's yelling at each other. They have very strong disagreements, but but they're d disagreeing to understand. That's a really interesting way of putting it. Um, and I'd love for you to kind of go into more of how um, these things are structured. You said there's a certain sort of facilitation technique um, and just kind of a style with how the event is laid out. Um, why Why is that important? There are, I, th I think there are about 50 different kind of discussion styles that have been developed over the last, especially over the last decade. And each discussion style has uh, kind of its strengths and weaknesses. The discussion style that we're, we're using for this particular discussion is more of a Socrates Cafe style where it's kind of exploratory where people can ask each other questions and they're trying to figure out is it is it really possible for us to talk about politics without hating each other? 
And if it is, what would that look like? Or in my experience, what have those conversations looked like? And so the, the questions, there's really only two main questions that we ask. And then the facilitators, the students, the trained student facilitators, their job is just to surface the conversation. We have no um, preconceived idea of, of where the conversation could go. We just want people to talk to each other and talk to each other about difficult things and have the opportunity to engage with people that they wouldn't maybe normally talk to. Why? So why does that kind of matter now, do you think? Uh, I think as, especially as American politics gets more polarized, it's, it's important that we engage and talk to each other. And I think that college students um, today are just better at it than people who aren't in college. Mainly, be, and I've learned this from, from the students who facilitate, I think it's mainly because they know what a troll is and they know how to handle a troll, which is don't engage. And I, I think that generally people who complain about college students not being engaged are the kind of people who are trolls. They just want college students to listen to them and not actually interact with them and maybe hear what the college students have to say. Uh, and I think it's important too because sometimes for, for there are a lot of students who don't like engaging and talking about politics at all. And I think that an opportunity like this, uh, they can kind of see and experiment and figure out if it's something that they think they might do later or might be interested in engaging in. It's really, it's a place where people can disagree, disagree strongly with each other, but the facilitators know how to handle a bully and a troll. So it's a pretty good space to kind of just talk to each other. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think uh, the point that you mentioned about college students kind of understanding how to pull out a troll is really true um, because I mean we're arguably the most um, versed in social media and in the internet of any of the generations that are currently alive and so um, I think that's interesting that you have found that people know when to not engage as opposed to um, always fighting back if they disagree yeah uh, yeah Absolutely. Uh, it's one of the things that I've really appreciated about the students that I've worked with is they have a very, very strong sense of fairness and egalitarianism. Uh, they think that if you're in a discussion with someone, you both should be willing to potentially change your mind. They think that both or all the people involved should have an opportunity to speak, uh, which which isn't the case case with so many people. So many people just want to be heard, they don't want to listen. Uh, and this is really an opportunity for us to practice listening to each other and, and talking to each other in the same way that we want people to talk to us. And I think, and I, do, I think college students are much better at that than, than people who aren't in college. And how does this all intersect with kind of um, the warping of information from both sides of the political spectrum um, and the use of maybe what may be an objective fact but in a very subjective way. I don't want to use the word fake news because I think what you're saying of college kids kind of knowing when to when something really isn't true 
um, that's probably very true. Uh, but how how does the kind of um, partisanness of information itself, that like basis of discussion, how does that factor into all of this? That is a great question. Uh, I think the idea of fake news has kind of been a uh, really just a part of your life, right? Like it, for your adult life, all of your adult life, like fake news has been a thing. But um, when you were uh, college students now, when they're in high school, fake news was a thing. And I, I think that's why I, I saw recently a, a study that was conducted by Princeton and NYU about the use of fake news on social media. And in that study, they found that college-age students uh, were much, much less likely to circulate fake news than people older than them. And I think that when something like fake news or what I just say, lies, things that aren't accurate, uh, that have no real kind of basis in the, in the world, I think that uh, college students are much more willing to just call it out as lies, right? It's not, fake makes it seem trivial, right? And, and I, I think that when it comes to the kind of the basis for these conversations, people are, people are willing to pull out their phones and fact check each other during the discussion. And, and I think that, yeah, I think most college students like kind of good information and bad information has been such a part of your life that you've had to figure it out before anybody ever taught you anything about it. So you probably know better how to spot it than say people who are my age. Yeah, I mean, I think y you may be right about that. Um, and it, and yet the discussion can still get really partisan. I mean, yeah. there's always controversy on campus um, regarding groups like Turning Point USA or um, Democratic Socialists of America or, I don't know. The, and Boulder is just one example of many places, of course, that do have um, kind of more uh, radical views on either side of the spectrum. So how do you bring those together in that way of, that you've said of like agreeing to disagree, disagreeing to understand. Um, is that something that the facilitators do or is that um, maybe through the sheer fact that it's just college kids? Yeah, that's a great question because I, in my experience, I think that college students are much more willing to listen to each other of course, there are always exceptions, but generally they're much more willing to listen to each other. Even students who are highly um, partisan, and they may not think that they would ever change their mind, are still generally willing to listen to each other. One of the things that we do and that the facilitators are trained to do is is we acknowledge disagreement. In fact, in kind of, as we were writing the opening kind of intro paragraph for the discussion, one of the things that um, one of the organizer, student organizers really wanted to do is include a few sentences about how we have real disagreements. And these real disagreements are not going away. And these disagreements impact real people in a real world. And so it's not like these disagreements will go away. However, m it might be possible 
to think about these disagreements as opportunities for us to figure out how to work and live together. Because whether we like it or not, at the end of the day, we have to live together. Especially as college students today enter the workforce and enter communities, uh, they will, I hope, uh, have kind of discussion skills and a perspective that will allow them to engage with each other, not to minimize their differences, but to recognize that, hey, we have to figure this out. Like somebody has to figure this out. And if we're, we don't figure it out, who will? And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Right. And it sounds like it doesn't even feel like a battle to be right, per se. Um, but often, I mean, living in Boulder, there is a bubble and a lot of people do have a very strong conviction in their feelings. Do you think that um, an, activi an activity like this or uh, a group like Boulder Talks at a different campus, say um, Colorado Springs or even somewhere in Denver, how do you think um, that being in Boulder specifically impacts uh, the, the kind of structure of discussion and the outcomes? Well, while CU Boulder is kind of, its context is in, I guess, a, a more partisan area. Uh, I, I think that generally, at least the, the college students who participate in this, don't necessarily come from the edges of the political spectrum. Usually, again, in my experience, uh, people, whether it's you know people in the community or students who are on the edges, don't really want to talk to other people. Um, they want to be heard. And, and I think the example with kind of um, Colorado Springs, UCCS is a great example. Uh, and I, I think that that community is very different than Boulder, but the college students are still from all over Colorado and all over the country, and they're still college students. And I think they're much better equipped just from living the first 18 to 25 years of their life, that they are much better equipped than most older people to engage in good productive conversations. Interesting. I think that's all the questions I have for you. Anything you'd like to add or anything I haven't asked you about? If, if any of this sounds interesting, join us in Boulder Talks or follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Boulder Talks. And the event is tonight? Tonight at 6 p.m. in the uh, UMC Aspen Room, and there will be a lot of pizza, so please come and help us eat it. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Thanks.